It had been the summer when Cecily discovered she had grown two small hard bumps on her chest, like mosquito bites. Titties, Rose informed her. Bet they itch. When Cecily asked her if they would become breasts, Rose's reply was unsatisfactory. You'll just have to wait and see, was all she said. How long? There was no answer. Rose had nipples coloured like the inside of a bird's mouth, soft pink and secret. Cecily couldn't help staring at them every time Rose stepped out of her nightdress. So perhaps because of her own disappointing anatomy, Cecily began daily to search for other things. Pubic hair, for instance. She hoped to grow blonde tufts like Rose. But this too proved unsatisfactory. None appeared. Maybe I'm going to be like the freak show lady, she decided. Please, God, she heard her sister whisper at night. Let me get married and have sex. It's all right for her, Cecily thought, angrily watching her sister stroke the red pelt collar of an old coat with the same rhythm as a cat licking itself. Meanwhile, Selwyn could not stop the farmhands from singing, and when you get back to old Blighty and the war is over and done, remember the poor green Howard who was shot by an Italian gun. One by one those working on the land began signing up, but it only really hit them when Joe, their brother, came home one evening with his own announcement. Signing up before he needs to, Agnes cried. He'll be fine, Selwyn told her. You'll see. He's just a boy. How can we let him go? Thousands will be going, Selwyn said, if it happens. He sounded odd, both sad and triumphant at the same time. Joe began to get ready for that day, just in case. You'll turn strange, Rose said with satisfaction. What do you mean? Startled out of her other preoccupations, Cecily waited. Her sister didn't often talk to her. The three years' difference in their ages was the difference of foreign countries. Rose seemed to live in France, or wanted to. Cecily's life was in Palmyra Farm. Although it never stopped her trying, she doubted she would ever get to France. Not at the same time as Rose. Maybe never. He thinks he's special, Rose said. There was a hint of envy in her voice. A small box of invisible desire stood on Rose's bedside table. Cecily saw all sorts of unidentified jewels inside. Do you want to go too? she asked, feeling like a magpie, lifting the invisible lid with one finger. Of course not. I don't want to fight the Germans. Her sister's eyes were ablaze with lies as she prized Cecily's fingers off the lid and closed the box firmly. But I don't want to spend my life in this ghastly place either. Selwyn was too old to go to war and would help the government in other ways. What sort of ways? asked Cecily. Selwyn shook his head, smiling. Careless questions cause trouble, he said, closing his face like a cupboard door. And then he disappeared up to London for an interview. When he returned, he told his family he would be setting up the air raid precautions in the town and their mother would have to take care of the milking as well as everything else she already did. Soon he was going to the ARP meetings twice a week, 
returning grim-faced and smelling of beer. It was as if a secret game had started. Going to war, Cecily realised, was like going to school or going to the doctor. Something that was better done without too much fuss. The news on the wireless was boring, and rationing meant that everyone would have to write down everything they ate in a book, which was also boring. Except when her mother cried, Cecily was determined to close her ears to war talk. Don't worry, said bubbly Aunt Kitty with a giggle in her voice. Everything can wait, at least until after the harvest, when all is safely gathered in. Aunt Kitty lived most of the time in London, in the smart flat she bought after her heart had been broken. But every so often, overcome by restlessness, she would take up residence at Palmyra House, bringing her stylish alligator purse that had a